We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. And I'm Grayson. And this is no longer a podcast, Grayson. It's a quest. Oh. It's a quest <laughs> for fun. Well, I'm ready because uh, we took last week off. We were yeah. on vacation last week. Oh. Yes, we so were. So it only made sense. Yeah, we are back and we are reviewing National Lampoon's Vacation in celebration of Wonder Park hitting theaters. We decided it was time to take a long road trip to wally world and this movie came out in 1983 uh with a star-studded cast uh including a very very young jane krasinski not jane krasinski that's john krasinski's (laughs) alter ego uh jane krakowski (laughs) oh oh the things jane krasinski could have done (laughs) oh old jacqueline ryan yep (laughs) <laughs> but the movie starred uh sir chevy chase beverly d'angelo Imogen coco randy quaid and anthony michael hall uh and dana baron and just a ton of other uh baby face actors including eugene levy mm-hmm. uh and just it and brian doyle murray i know that you all were waiting to hear when we were going to reference him uh but National Lampoon's vacation is all about the Griswold family taking a cross-country drive to the Wally World-themed park, this world's Disney World. And their road trip is much more arduous than they had ever anticipated. And uh, it originally started out as a short story in the National Lampoon magazine written by lover of Chicago, John Hughes. And he kind of wrote the original story based loosely on his own family's ill-fated trip to Disneyland. Uh, he actually took out a, a Randy McAlley road out atlas and just decided, like, what stops could they make along this trip to California? Uh, and it was published. It did really well in National Lampoon's magazine. And movie rights for this movie were swiped up immediately. And they made this movie. The movie helped to launch his career. In fact, there uh, it was directed um, by Harold Ramis, and he goes on record quoting that, yeah, John Hughes didn't really like all the changes that we made, uh, and I distinctly remember him saying that he wants to direct his own movies, uh, and then he'd go on to make, I don't know, something like uh, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, iconic 80s movies. But without Vacation, we wouldn't have all those other movies. Uh, And also without Vacation, we wouldn't have the mini spinoffs. So uh, there were several sequels, including European Vacation, which came out in 1985, Christmas Vacation, which came out in 1989, which I remember seeing the most in all of the blockbusters, uh, Vegas Vacation in 1997, and a sequel slash reboot slash continuation starring Ed Helms as the adult Rusty Griswold vacation because it's cleaner vacations Uh, of future past (laughs) yes vacations of futures past uh and 2015 when it first came out this movie muscled out jaws and star wars like both of which had you know had been out for some time right i was gonna Uh, say not opening weekend i would no 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 yeah no um but vacations opening weekend it muscled them out uh with 
a estimated budget of about $15 million. It was the year's third highest grossing comedy, earning $61 million in the box office. Do you happen to have what the first and second were? No, Grayson, I That's do not. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I was reading about the some of the changes you mentioned like with uh, between the script and ultimately how they directed it and shot it. The movie had a different ending originally where oh, he yeah. Yeah. kidnapped Roy Wally. Yeah. And it just didn't test very well uh, with the audiences. They, they didn't really love it. But they ended up bringing back that ending for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation has a similar kidnapping idea. So they still kept it in the franchise. But whenever they did the the rework of the end, they that's when they brought in John Candy because they needed like this character to kind of punch it up and, and keep it going. And John Candy was paid $1 million for his role at the end. But according to the cast... The scenes at the theme park, it was filmed at Six Flags uh, Magic Mountain, uh, those scenes were the most harrowing and um, the hardest to film because they had to ride these rides over and over and over again. And they said the cast was just vomiting off the sides of the rides. So it's like, okay, maybe. If he doesn't like roller coasters, maybe it, it took a million dollars to to get him to do that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that would be fun to just write it over and over again. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Disney has a whole industry of people who want to do that. It's like, hey, sure would be a shame if you didn't get to ride this ride over and over again. Yeah. If you had some kind of a fast pass, uh, that would be really great, right? It's called a fast pass. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's I mean, I believe that very much to be the case, because like this movie, this movie surprised me in a lot of ways, um, just with how far they were willing to go for different bits. Like, for example, um, you know, Aunt Edna and mm-hmm. uh, the original script, there were some shots to show that like her hands were moving and so that she actually wasn't dead. Oh, when she uh, was tied to the roof of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was considered too cruel to have a live person on the roof of a car by the ratings board. So it was cut and I mean, she remained dead. Beverly Hillbillies did it every week. So I every don't know <laughs> what the problem was. I it's guess because dangerous. grandma was up there by choice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, another interesting thing that I noticed about uh, the National Lampoon's Vacation uh, franchise is that it's one of the few franchises I've seen where its rating, um, each movie gets lower and lower. Uh, this movie is rated R uh, for mm-hmm. language and brief um, nudity. Yeah. Uh, but then the next movie with European Vacation is PG-13. Which you would Christmas- expect more nudity from yeah, a European Yeah, you would expect it, for it to just be straight up NC-17. <laughs> uh, but then Christmas Vacation was PG, and then... Pretty much from there on, with the exception of Vacation in 2015, um, all the other movies end up being like PG, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, it's hard to tell if the... Well, I think they really hit the right intersection of making it more family-friendly and holiday-based whenever they got to Christmas Vacation, which we haven't reviewed, but I'm sure we will eventually, so we won't talk too much about it, but... Um, that intersection there of being able to watch a comedy about a family with the family, right. I think is exactly the right tone. So that's why it was super weird watching this because I was like, I do not remember there being 
any nudity in this movie. I remember there being some language, not as much as there actually was. And so, oh, and and like the drug content with the kids and all that. It's just, uh, I, I didn't remember it being like that. So I could easily see a situation where if I were, uh, a less attentive father and I'm like hey kids let's watch this family movie and be like oh no i have made a big mistake what it's like when uh my church ran uh when i was a kid my church ran uh sandlot as a movie night <laughs> and everyone was like we've made a terrible mistake how come nobody <laughs> rewatched this before we showed all these kids mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah, it's uh interesting it is definitely the most r rated in the series for sure Right, because Ricky, you you this was the only vacation movie you've seen, right? That is correct. Yeah, I never have seen the other vacation movies or even this one because uh, it, it was just never in the kids section for you know understandable reasons. Yeah. Um, but I I always remember like at one of the end caps at Blockbuster, it felt like it was year round. I saw the poster for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which mm. I realize like rewatching i'm just like you know what for some reason i thought that was an earnest film and not a national lampoons (laughs) they are very similar covers yeah 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 Yeah. um i've seen all of the vacation films except for the ed helms reboot remake continuation what have you but i i I enjoy them i kind of i took one weekend and just watched all of them back to back a couple years ago um and i had seen the first one, and I had I had seen this one, and I had seen um, Christmas Vacation before that. But watching all of them back to back is super interesting because I don't know if you know this, Ricky, but they change the kids every movie, <laughs> so that they always stay about the same age. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and so I mean, Anthony Michael Hall in this movie is one of the the more famous rusties in Christmas vacation is Johnny Galecki from big bang theory. Uh, yeah. and Juliette Lewis, uh, plays the daughter. So it's, um, yeah, that's always kind of been a thing. And he makes comments in the films about like, sometimes I feel like the kids are growing up so fast. I don't even recognize them. And they, they play with that quite a bit, but, yes. um, Chevy chase and Beverly D'Angelo are consistent, um, consistently playing those characters throughout, all the movies nice i believe that that makes a ton of sense so with this being my first time watching this movie i really didn't know what to expect um like i i know national lampoon as a brand is known for doing a ton of outrageous things i think my biggest uh association with the brand is van wilder national lampoon's van wilder Mm. uh and i've never seen those is one of the first movies I ever snuck into, Grayson. Whoa. Yeah. I bought a ticket for something else, and I was not accompanied by an adult, and me oh. and a bunch of other middle schoolers went to go see. <laughs> I did that, except I bought a ticket to Garfield, and instead I went and saw The Stepford Wives. <laughs> I don't think I did it right. <laughs> no, Grayson, you did it exactly right. I could have gotten into Stepford Wives. It's not an issue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, and so I, I just know that they, as a brand, they tend to do more outrageous things. So I didn't know what they were going to do with this, you know, family road trip movie, but I was so pleasantly surprised as I was just watching it. I like every, 
every little trope and bit like i realized that um you know a lot of things that i love about a goofy movie was paying homage to vacation like i didn't realize that until i was watching i'm like oh my gosh like they basically made like a disney friendly vacation movie like (laughs) that's that's insane and also like so many other like Fit, like pop culture references to this movie made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it is hey. heavily referenced. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to miss the third largest ball of twine kind of thing. Or like, hey, let's go on a road trip to be closer together as a family. I'm like, okay, this this is this is the movie. This is yeah. the nexus of all the other references or inspirations or spinoffs because um, – I I mean I I feel like it it is one of those childhood things of like trying to recapture the magic of the days of yore when you know yeah let's get in the car and you know hate the people you occupy space with as we try to go have this family trip together mm-hmm. like uh I th- I think we've all uh to some degree experienced uh some kind of like family outing where it's like hey we're going to get together and bond and it just doesn't go the way anyone was planning yeah uh it, it was it was just a ton of fun to like reflect I'm like oh yeah i remember those road trips oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and chevy chase i mean goodness so good him just trying to keep everything together just impossible optimism about everything uh, up until he just completely breaks just and that's kind of the off. formula of these movies is uh, i like the phrase impossible optimism i think that that really does summarize his character uh until it is just the biggest break in history i feel like beverly d'angelo always says the phrase Clark, you're scaring me or Clark, you're scaring the kids or something like that. I feel like that comes up a lot, but yeah, he always reaches his breaking point in these movies and then just way over reacts. Uh, Don't touch. Yeah. He's, he's oh. a, a desperate man painted into a corner. Oh yeah. Mostly I mean, by he, his own doing, but yeah. Uh, right. Like when he's in the desert and he puts on his glasses that are broken in the middle and they just fall off and he doesn't break or stop to acknowledge that I was just like crying laughing. It's just yeah. so, so great. Cause he, cause he's trying, he's trying so hard to just be that the Norman Rockwell, like dad, mm-hmm. like, uh, that, that painting. He's just like, Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm the dad and me and my family, we're going to go on this trip and everything's going to go exactly how I planned it. And it just doesn't. And he just, he plays it. So believably, but also like it, he's so over the top, but also so subtle as well. I, I I was just really impressed with it. Yeah, I heard once that uh, Charlie Chaplin is playing an absurd character in the real world, whereas Harold Lloyd is playing a real character in an absurd world. And I feel like Chevy Chase kind of splits the difference here, where the world is slightly crazy. But so so is he and his family. Yeah. Um, but it's that give and take. Uh, it's the struggle to feel real, I think, that makes it so yes. funny. And the road trip is the perfect uh, kind of frame, I feel like, for the National Lampoon uh, style. I mean, some of their other stuff like Animal House and Caddyshack and all that, it makes total sense that you have this general idea of what you are 
doing a parody of, but the scenes themselves are basically individual sketches along right. the way, which makes sense with how they wrote the magazine. It's like each scene is an article from that issue of the magazine. And I yep. think it works so well because that's how you can stack so many jokes on top of one another. Uh, and that's what they do. And then you just layer the physical comedy on top of that. And you get something that has lasted a very long time and still feels resonant today. Yep. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I think my favorite uh, stops that they made was uh, right before they got to the hotel uh, when they stopped over by headcanon. What do you say we stop on over to see the uh, world's third largest headcanon? I say you have yourself a passenger. <laughs> headcanon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um, one of the biggest things that I actually connected this movie to was the wizard. Um, oh. I, I just feel like they, like you can easily, because it's like a road trip movie, you can easily just place this movie in any other world that exists among road trips. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, uh, <laughs> I really, really, really want to place this, uh, in the same world of Mad Max Fury Road. Um, <laughs> and I really do. My biggest piece of headcanon is that the big water oasis is what used to be Wally World. Ah. Like, it's been so long that, like, these mountain <laughs> formations, has, it's everything. It's all the dirt that has been built on these old rides uh, that used to be in existence. Uh, and everyone's, like, face paint and everything is just all loosely reminiscent of the days of Wally's past. It does. Yeah. I mean... I I've been uh, on a fourteen hour trip at Disneyland, and by the end, it is Fury Road. So uh, <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh, like oh, we're parked so far away. Yeah, and when everyone else is leaving, we'll be the first ones out. <laughs> For my head cannon, um, I I had two two kind of head cannons. The first one is impossibly sad, and that's that this is actually the uh, remembrances of Chevy Chase, of Clark Griswold uh, years later, which is why things feel uh, a little off. That he is now maybe like in an old folks home and he's remembering back on his times, like looking very much like the notebook. That this <laughs> this is a funny version of the notebook, unless you thought the notebook was funny, in which case I can't help you. Um, <laughs> but that was way too sad to be legitimate. So... Um, I went with the Brian Doyle Murray paradox. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray <laughs> pops up in so many different places and appears again in Christmas Vacation um, as his boss. So my headcanon is that he had this run-in with the uh, the comfort clerk uh, at the, mm. the campsite there. It did not go well, but that business actually took off uh, in a very significant way to where that uh, comfort clerk, he doesn't, they don't give a name, but I believe that that's Mr. Shirley from the third movie. So mm. he started as the clerk at this campsite. Campsite did really well. He ended up buying that, bought up a, a slew of businesses, including uh, the condiment company that Clark Griswold works for, and is the same guy uh, in the first movie as he is in the third movie. 
which is why he doesn't really like Clark. He doesn't know why he doesn't like him, but uh, there's just something about him, and I think it's just a testament to first impressions. He uh, he remembers that interaction uh, from this movie way back when. Uh, but yeah, that Brian Doyle Murray is actually playing the same character it, throughout the the vacation franchise very nice i i love it 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 makes as much sense as him showing back up again sure uh, <laughs> all right now we're going to go into the part of the show we like to talk about recast and remakes recast remake if this movie were to be remade today instead of in 2015 who would you cast what would the storyline be i would love to see a version of vacation but I want it like a love actually version of vacation. A bunch of different vacations. A bunch of it, different vacations. It's just like, and like basically by the end, everyone ends up in the same or a similar pit stop or uh-huh. destination. And you see all these different families. Um, so I I would want one of the families uh, to be led by Keegan Michael Key. Oh my goodness. I had the exact same casting. Okay. All right. Let's see if it keeps on going. Uh, with uh, the wife being played by Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh no! I had Amy Poehler. Oh, nice. Um, and then Marcus uh, Scribner. Uh, he plays uh, Junior on Blackish. Okay. I um, had uh, Devin Trey Campbell from uh, Single Parents. Plays Rory on Single Parents. Nice. Yeah. Who'd you have for Audrey? Audrey. I had uh, Yara Shahidi. She plays Zoe on Blackish. I went through a lot of Blackish cast. Oh, um, I had Marseille Martin uh, plays uh, Diane on Blackish. So. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I think it's just whatever age. Yeah. You yeah, kind of want to go with for it. Yeah. Yeah, because their ages do kind of skew a little bit throughout the throughout the series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so season one. Oh, we found a new season one. <laughs> season one. Yahara Shahidi. Okay. Got it. Um. And uh, so that would be one of the families. Another family would be led uh, by Jason Sudeikis. Oh. And I, I think it would be Jason Sudeikis. Oh, because he kind of did that. He did a similar movie with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, the was it? The Robinsons? The Yes. Something like that. I don't know. I didn't it was see the it. Millers. We're the, the Millers. Millers. I was getting mixed up with Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was thinking of him. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The okay, I was going to say Jennifer Aniston, too. And oh. now I know why, because of, you know, casting. Yeah. And the guy from Bandersnatch. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that would be fun. I also think just, like, having different dynamics, like, different age, like, different reasons. Like, so it wouldn't be just, like, a traditional uh, nuclear family. You know, uh. it would be, like, um, maybe, uh, like, grandfather and son. So I don't know why, but, like, Robert De Niro and... Zach Efron. I think mm-hmm. they, for some reason, would be really good as a pairing. Um, and, um, and you know, the, the cast is fresh off the boat. I just think that different families and family dynamics uh, mm-hmm. just all going to either the same destination or, like, everyone basically just on the road. Like, as you're passing one family, another family is taking, like, a different road. And there are different meanings. Like, maybe one family is, like, going to a destination to scatter ashes. Um, Maybe one is to, like, finally meet up for, like, a long-distance relationship. Or maybe another one is Wally World. But I just think that, like, vacation would be, like, a, a really good world to have or be the vehicle for all these different stories i like that i think it'd be cool too if 
for each one, the destination of one family was the start or the home of the other. Nice. Kind of like putting that theme in there of like what some people want to get away from is actually the destination for someone else. I, I think about that all the nice. time living in LA. I'm like, I live in a destination city. Like people come here for vacation, but I still go other places for vacation <laughs> where people live. And so I was just in Hawaii during our week off because I had right. to just really like kind of just wash <laughs> away the humiliation from that last trivia challenge and really soul search and uh, I found we went to Maui and we found out that Maui is where like Hawaiians go to vacation. Like <laughs> even within the islands of Hawaii, there's like a pecking order of relaxation where they're wow. like, oh, yeah, no, Oahu is basically L.A. at this point. We got to go to Maui. <laughs> I was like, that's insane to me. Um, but I, I like that idea of like where some people start is is the destination for others. And you can kind of connect those stories that way. Nice. Um, I, yeah, so I said most of my my recasting for Cousin Eddie, um, who Cousin Eddie is also in all of the vacation movies. I don't remember if he's in European, though, but I know he's in uh, at least uh, Christmas in Vegas. Yeah, and um, didn't he have his own, like, non-licensed spinoff? He, he did. He had a spinoff. Yes, he did. Um, but I had David Ketchner, who uh, plays Todd Packer on The Office. Um, and he's an anchor man as well. I just think he would fill that role very well. And then for Aunt Edna, I had Betty White. But for uh, an idea of like another vacation movie, I had um, I, I whenever I heard that they were doing like the vacation Ed Helms movie and that it was going to be older and that this is like a grown up Rusty who is taking his family. I was like, oh, what a great idea. And I would just for a modern take like to see what they could possibly do with staycation um, of like a family that's trying to just enjoy a, a week at home. It'd probably turn into Home Alone or something like that. But <laughs> just some kind of staycation movie I think would be interesting. Grayson, Hollywood is constantly looking for different ways to make Home Alone without having to you know <laughs> oh, pay for right. it. Staycation. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, uh, you can make a check out to Flashback Flicks. Attention to Grayson. <laughs> Maybe that was the uh, the the John Hughes movie that he wanted to do. He's, <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna make my own vacation movie called Staycation. Too close, home alone. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend National Lampoon's Vacation? So I recommend National Lampoon's Vacation because it really is a slice of modern Americana. Um, And it's like a Norman Rockwell painting that has been left out in the sun too long. Um, (laughs) It's this bizarro look at modern America family life. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. And... I feel like even if that wasn't your exact experience growing up, there's enough different sketches within it uh, to where there's something that will resonate with you. So um, I recommend it for that reason. It's also Chevy Chase in his prime. His physical comedy um, at this time, the the early 80s, like late 70s, early 80s, fantastic. Um, it's, It's just incredible. And at the time was unrivaled. Um, he would do these these physical bits on SNL, and then they found a vehicle like this to really 
like let him shine a vehicle. <laughs> um, but it's um, yeah, it's just really fun to watch. Uh, and the way that they're able to add a comedic lens to the mundane is, I think, is the staying power of uh, of this franchise, like why, why it works, um, this particular brand of comedy. And I would recommend, I'd say, if you're a fan of Little Miss Sunshine, but want to laugh instead of cry, <laughs> watch National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, Very man. similar. Beat by beat, very similar. That's so good. And uh, the characters just feel honest. Uh, for better or worse, they feel honest. And uh, I love the I love the moment where uh, Chevy says to, to Beverly, uh, despite all the problems, it really is fun, huh? And she says, no. But with every <laughs> new day, there's fresh hope. And I think that summarizes why this family keeps moving forward. There's always a chance that things will get better. And they probably won't, but, you know, they might. They might. Yep. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just refreshing and fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I recommend this movie because, I mean, I mean, it's hard to beat your recommendation. <laughs> if you want to laugh instead of cry, like Little Miss Sunshine, that's so good. Uh, no, I, I would recommend National Lampoon's Vacation, especially if you have ever been on a road trip with any family member ever <laughs> um, and you are of age to watch this very rated R movie um, because there is a lot to reflect on. And that's like amplified enough to be like, yep, this is, this is what it's like to like try to fight for fun in such <laughs> a like hard, difficult way. Like despite all the things like we're having fun, right? This is, this is great. <laughs> And their justification was really strong at the top, too, which, like, lets us buy into the premise, where he's like, I want time with the kids. Like, this is just going to fly by. And even when they're like, why don't we fly? It'll be easier. It says nothing worthwhile is easy, and getting there is half the fun. It's like, okay, I buy it. Yep. All right. But it's going to be really hard for this family. Yes, it is. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I think it's a really fun look at uh, family life. Uh, and you know, all the ups and downs of trying to make a, like a, trying to create this perfect family memory, um, only to have it be just terrible all the way through. But that also just makes it even more part of the memory. So, uh, mm. yeah, I, I think it's a really fun family movie. And I'm sure if you are handy with an editor, you could make a, a semi PG 13 version of this. Yeah, uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. If you do want to watch it with uh, the whole family, yeah. Once uh, upon a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, or once upon a hotel pool. I think you could yes. call that. Yeah. Yep. One of the critiques of movies in this time period is that the resolution is always way too fast. That it just kind of ends. Um, and this movie definitely does that as well. But to their credit, uh, no pun intended. That'll make sense after I say what I was going to say. In the credit sequence, <laughs> um, they kind of recap a lot of what happened in the movie, but the last photo is really the ending of the movie after the yes. credits are done. And it's all of them wearing their Wally World caps, flying back home. It's yes. just easier. They don't need they don't need the journey to go back home. They got enough journey. We're gonna yes. take an airplane. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Which is just a great way to cap that off. After after everyone in the movie says to him, why wouldn't you just fly? 
Okay. He's he's earned the flight by the end yes. of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. If you are looking for a movie that's less about vacation and more about a quest for fun, look <laughs> no further. National Lampoon's Vacation. And that is our review of National Lampoon's Vacation. Let us know what you remember about National Lampoon's Vacation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All places we are at Flashback Flicks. We love to hear from you over there and converse with us because, you know, it's, it's, it's a long road trip of life. You might as well start some conversation, um, provided that you're not driving. Uh, metaphor got way away from me. I want all of that on a fortune cookie. <laughs> really tiny print. Uh, <laughs> and it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a rating on your podcasting platform of choice, letting everyone know that, you know, this podcast is the destination that will always be open so long as an RSS feed is available. So mm-hmm. you can you can come by any time and take a visit and ride one of our rides, which are our over 100 episodes. Some rides you can ride twice if you want to. That is true. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Hey, Grayson, um, what's that one movie with Jet Li? He's he's in it. You, you know the one. The one. Yeah, the one where he's, you know, he, I, I think he's like, there's like multiple of him. And yeah, it's the like, one. Yeah, you know the one. The one. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs>